let's do that again. Should we start? Should we start over? Should, should let's see how many different outtakes of a very simple intro we can do. Do I sound aggro? Um, yes, you're starting to. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should calm down. So I'm I'm kind of nervous about this. Why is that? Um, well, we haven't done this in a while, and um, and 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 today is we want to talk about one topic that it, I have to get this out there, and you probably too. And I want to talk about it, and I don't know how that's gonna go. And uh, last time we recorded, I was uh, very hungover, and uh, that is one reason why I did never edit that episode, and it's never gonna. Uh, go out to the public, um, and now um, it, it, I don't know it will if this when is going to start go. raising money. Okay. When we start raising money, we're gonna we're gonna offer the secret episodes, a raw <laughs> raw feed of the never released episodes as a special pledge premium. Is does will that a podcast network will, will that get the include, never before released? <laughs> will that include the story of how you got that um, pipe fixed? Well, you got the you look. You were looking for a spare part for your uh, pipe or something, and you got to a what? very special place. And we cut that out. Oh, oh, yes. you're talking about yeah, no, that that we should definitely include. You're you're talking about um when it, <laughs> when I had to fix the valve. Yes, the, you're you're the talking valve. about the cartucho incident. Exactly. Yeah, the cartucho incident. Yeah, we will definitely include the cartucho incident in the very special members-only edition of Several Ways to Live with your – okay, that – yeah, with your donation of blah, 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 blah. But no, we are not shilling just yet, are we? No, no Speaking no, of not. which, yeah. have you heard about Casper mattresses? <laughs> we're not we're not shilling yet. Although, hey, Casper, right. if, if is someone from – from your marketing team is listening. Uh, we we there's actually we, there's we, we'd love uh, we'd love to get in bed with you. Uh, there are I've I've seen my first Casper uh, uh, ad on Eurosport today. I don't watch German TV a lot, so every time I watch uh, sports, I see uh, uh, commercials that are new to me. And today I saw a Casper, a German Casper uh, um, ad, and um, so they Talk doing space. that here. No, not yet. <laughs> Um, you mentioned the title of the po this podcast, and uh, I, I've had at least one, maybe two or more people come to me and say that we have to change the title of the podcast uh, because we're not in Mexico City anymore. And then I told them that actually neither the logo nor the URL uh, ever talk about Mexico. So, and then um, so so. Uh, It happened like I uh, assumed it would, that we would need to change the title at some point. Um, and it's all set up already. I, I think several ways to live implies a certain fluidity. Yeah. And I also should point out that my apartment is, and most of my things are still in Mexico. That's true. I am, a, I am acquiring, I am getting rid of and acquiring more crap here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, well, actually... I'm acquiring more crap personally and getting rid of most of my parents. Well, not most. I'm. It's a slow battle. There's a lot of stuff in the house that needs to get cleaned out, and that's a. Here's a depressing thought for you: uh, reminding my parents of their own mortality 
through getting rid of all of the crap that they've collected over the years and trying to find a better place for it. That's a depressing thought. How do they deal with it? Mostly they don't. It's it's one of those, I mean, here's, here's a classic example of it. My dad has a, he loves sport coats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not a sport coat guy. I like I like wearing suits, yeah. but I'm not a sport coat person. That's a very New Englandy. It's a very New England professor thing. Uh, to be charitable about it, and I'm not a New England professor. I'm either, like I said, I'm either in Carhartts or cufflinks. So sport coats are not really my thing, but they're definitely my dad's thing. And he never, he doesn't like to give them away. He has closets full of sport coats that that people around here can use to go on job interviews. <laughs> Not full-blown suits, but sport coats. There there are certain examples where people could not really afford to have a well-tailored suit, but they can go to the thrift store and they can get a sport coat and pants that kind or khakis or something, a, sh- a shirt, they can do something so that they're dressy. Just short of a full-blown suit. He has closets full of them. Half of them, probably more than half of them, don't even fit him anymore, but he can't get rid of them. And I I understand that. He has an emotional attachment probably to, you know, he probably wore that sport coat to something that he enjoyed back in his life. But my whole approach to life is that we have a limited amount of materials and resources on this planet and those materials and resources should be used by people who can put them to good use. You put them back out into the world. And that's, that's my thing. Yeah. So, so there's, there's that. And then there's also furniture that they don't want to get rid of. And it's, it, there's no urgent need. Here's the thing. I, I'll even joke about this with them. And right now it's a it's a haha moment in the household. But you know, I'll, I'll tell them. You know, they'll say, "Oh, hey, look, I got a bag stuff for Salvation Army. Good." And and they'll say, "Oh, well, what what do you mean?" I said, "Because then I don't have to get rid of it when you die." Which is true. Because when they die, I mean, odds are that the economy is such that. It really doesn't make sense for – I mean my mom, it, she doesn't care. She would go to Chile. She would go to Mexico. I think if if my dad keels over of a heart attack tomorrow and my mom's still living, I'm going to go buy her a beach house in Mexico, find two women with kids who can you know make her breakfast and lunch and make her bed every day. And then she'll just live by the beach watching after the kids and she, that's how she wants to go out, mm-hmm. right? And fortunately, the housing market hasn't collapsed here in the U.S. yet, so we could sell this this house of theirs um, for you know a decent amount. And then on top of mom's social security, on top of what everything saved, like they're they're fine. Dad likes being a retired guy in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> He's a he is. The definition of an elder statesman. Mm -hmm. His identity is wrapped up in this place. He can't leave this place. 
So the alternative for them would be moving into some kind of assisted living, which my mom basically needs. I mean, I'm <laughs> that's basically what my mom needs is assisted living. My dad, he could probably kick my ass today. If, if we came to blows, to be totally honest, he'd probably win. He's, he's, he's a, he's a fit dude. Like the men in our family, we die late and we die hard. Uh, my grandfather was twice a widower. All right. And his grandfather, his father died in his nineties. And that was in the forties. All right. Like that was when we didn't, that was when it was, that was unheard of. Well, not unheard of. There's people been living in their nineties for as long as there've been humans, but. I mean, hell, of all the things that should have killed me by now, why am I still here? That's a depressing thought. But I, I kind of hijacked the podcast. You had you had depressing stuff to say, so it's your turn. What a great intro, right? Wasn't that fabulous? <laughs> great transition. Um, it, it is clear we have not been doing this. We we need no. this. This is what this is what happens to Florian and Nick when they are deprived of their plate of tacos in Mexico City. I'm so I, I we we're gonna we we do have a few topics for for other days and which will come uh, now that uh, everything's better uh, on my part. Um, but yes, I do miss those tacos and I miss sitting there and talking and having more tacos and having some beers and uh, oh I, I i never put this i didn't have any any internet when i thought about this but i actually i did something and you will love me for it or, or not or you won't care i put lemon juice so real so the mexican lemon juice into a german beer and it tasted better wait what like a Hefeweizen or what? No, a regular beer, regular Helles. And it was better because of it. It was a burrito place. I still don't know if okay. where, where burritos are eaten. Uh, certainly not in, Mex in the Mexico that I visited. Uh, but it was a, a vegetarian burrito place and they had a, a German beer there. And they had uh, lemons and I put it in there and it was better because of it. I, I, I'll, I'll complain about German beer Um in future episodes, I think. So, so um, I mentioned that there is a reason why it's May, and we haven't we have talked in between a little bit, but we haven't talked uh, and recorded it uh, since since the Congress, and and there's reasons for that, and um, I it's been for a few months it's. So I've been uh, officially diagnosed with depression for 10 years now. Or so 10 about 10 years ago. Uh, and I don't want to talk about that time because it's it's gone. And um and I've been taking my medicine for almost as long as that. Um and I have not had a time like uh, the beginning of this year since then i think because i'm dealing i'm i'm mostly i'm okay because uh the antidepressants i take i don't have any side effects uh, at least no not really and uh they work and sometimes i have a week a bad week but that's it's it's over very soon and this year was different and um it started maybe it started by the end of congress 
uh, or no, let me back up. Um, even I knew that in December I was uh, standing outside having a smoke with a colleague, and I told him that I'm, I'm basically just waiting for the depression to kick in at any time. And that was because I was uh, commuting to work, and I'm still commuting to work, uh, and the commute... Yeah, uh, honestly, it takes two and a half hours total uh, per day. And it involves traveling in the train and going by bike. And it's dark always. And so that took a lot of, that took a toll on me. And I, before I took that job, I thought um, I would, it wouldn't be that uh, difficult but it was so i was still doing fine in in uh, december and then um but i already knew it I, i was surprised that i was doing so good so that was maybe mid uh, december and uh, then something happened at work and many of you uh, who listen to this uh, know what happened and i'm not going to go into it uh, too much but um it, The mood afterwards or starting by the end of December uh, in our team was really bad and for good reasons. And um, somehow all the effort I put into the job wasn't worth it anymore. And I didn't notice it at first, but it certainly got downhill. And I, I don't know how to describe it except for for um, describing some of, some of the uh, uh, Symptoms that some that I hadn't known before either. Um, I mean, in this yeah. pause, what are what are some of the symptoms that you were experiencing? Just because I'm curious, and you were pausing, so that seems like the logical question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I did I actually made made a list. <laughs> It's just, I mean, um, a bad mood is just one thing. Um, No, um, by the, by the, like, let's say by February, March, I was getting really, I, I had a short fuse. So I was not very patient anymore. And anybody who knows me, I'm a very patient person. Um, usually very level, very, I don't get angry a lot. And I don't get, um, very German. Yeah, very German. Yeah, maybe. Uh, other things. Uh, the, the, the worst, the, I, maybe the worst thing was I went to. So I've been doing uh, CrossFit since December, and uh, I like it. Right now, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of that uh, sport. It's a very good, uh, good, very good exercise. You, you must be like mad buff by now. No, no, but but I'm getting better now. I'm only going twice a week, uh, but but it's getting better. Um, we could talk about that some other time. But it happened actually. So, so there were a few incidents. One time I, so I take the train and when I go to the, to the box, so what box is the gym where CrossFit happens. Um, I take the local train and then, um, it's, it's faster than going, uh, to the main station. And one day I felt, well, I should go and exercise, but I don't want to, but in a way, That I don't want to. That it's not just the in German. It's uh, the Schweinehund, yeah. So the just the unwillingness to to exercise and do what's good for you. Um, so I pig dog. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, that is the literal translation. Um, 
And I just didn't leave the train and went to the main station and went home. Uh, another time, I actually went into the box. I, I started the exercise and I got through half of the workout and then I just stopped. I couldn't keep going. And that never happens. I mean, one great thing about CrossFit is the workouts are really hard or they are as hard as you make them. But you're in a group, you have a, you have a trainer there, you're in a group, you're in this together. So there is no reason to stop because that's, it's not what you're there for. So that actually works. But I couldn't, I could, not physically, I, mentally, I could not go on. Um, third time I went to the box, I went to the dressing room. And I knew I couldn't do it today. I, I, there was a, a, I don't know how to describe it. Probably can't describe it, but I couldn't and I left. I can't be the first person to have made this observation, but isn't CrossFit just basically monetized boot camp? Yeah, could be. But, well, this has nothing to do with CrossFit. Uh, just to make that clear, it's got nothing to do with CrossFit. No, no, no. Um, I, I, I and, understand. I understand. And it's no, yeah, no. It's nice. It's uh, it's nice people, and you do the you you work out together. That is the main reason. And the exercises you do are very, very sensible. Um, it's it's a very good train. All, uh, all you know, very good. Um, training for everyone. Yeah. You don't get bulky. Uh, it's not just running, and you get fit. So I, I like that a lot. But so that's that's the sport part. Uh, part. I, I I know that feeling that especially when you go running. Sometimes I have that, and I've had that in the past years, uh, where I go out the door. I'm in my running gear. I start running, and after 50 meters, I stop. I go back because I can't mentally, physically. I mean, there's never almost never a physical reason not to do not to exercise but i couldn't and uh, i've never had uh, never experienced this i'm this gonna i'm gonna make you walk that one back because that was okay. a kind of ableist statement there okay yeah okay for me for me yeah uh okay other times and that's that's really scary. I got home and I was so happy Catherine was not here, and I got onto the sofa and I cried, and I never cry. I never. It's I cry once every five years, and I came home and I cried because I didn't know what to do, how to to deal with this. Um, I did I did take some some sick days where um. Once I just well, it was a Friday, only a Friday, so that was easy. Then once on a Tuesday, I said I was in the office. I I sat in front of my computer and I could not do anything. I couldn't do, and I didn't know. I I felt trapped. I felt like in a cage where I couldn't get out, and but I could also could not do the work. And lucky for me, I could. I got up. I went home, went to, went to the doctors and took the rest of the week off. I could do that. That was good then, but it wasn't a, a, a final solution. Oh, final solution is not a good word either, is it? Um, so these are, these are just some of these things that happened to me. And then I knew this is worse than, than it had been in a long time. Um, 
and I'm not saying this is the worst that anybody's ever had anything. I don't know. This is so hard to 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 compare, and I try not to. You knew you were in a danger zone. Yes, with your depression. Yes, and and uh, worst thing was that I didn't know how to get out because well, I do have to go to work, and I um, so first thing that I did was making my days even stricter so i knew when i had to get to bed go to bed and when to get up and prepare in the evening for the morning uh, and then take that uh, take the same train every day and try to do it that way in the end you there's nothing left of the week uh, if you, uh, in that time um and then of course i didn't want to stay at home all the time on the weekends because I did want to have a life and but that didn't help either because those weekends I got never got the rest that I needed to to go back to work the next week um and Catherine Catherine uh, noticed this too so and <laughs> Catherine says well this uh, I mean I wasn't as nice to Catherine as I should be and she noticed Just 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 yes. to, just to set the stage mm -hmm. you might want to explain who Catherine is. Oh, I think we've talked about Catherine. Catherine's been on this. Now Catherine's my wife. So we live in well, my, uh, what? No, I, I was just going to say that we have to assume that there's people who are going to be oh, listening okay. to this podcast for yeah. various reasons that have never listened to us before yeah. and Okay. Yeah, that you don't do that. Start with the Mexico episodes. So and and I knew I couldn't I I I tried to figure out what what I could do. And um I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to to my my uh, doctor every few weeks to get a week off because I couldn't deal with it anymore. Because that's not it's not sensible. Um, in February, I had uh, quit my. So I handed in my letter of resignation in in February. That um, that's a whole other story by itself. Um, there's more reasons uh, to that. Uh, than just uh, that phase but the commute is certainly uh, so my long commute is certainly reason number one or so i like to say the uh the good reason the good reason to to quit that job um but i have a uh, six months how do you say that so i, I have to, i had to i knew i had to stay until the end of august after quitting in february um which is ridiculous by itself and everybody says so but doesn't help me um, and I could not get out before that for reasons uh, that are actually valid. Um, so I had that. And I think in March, I started to take uh, vacation days to take Fridays off. And that actually, so that was the second solution. First, of, uh, first thing was quit the job. Um, second, get more rest. And after not going to, to events and to, to things I wanted to do on the weekends, um, next step was to take off Fridays to just have a longer weekend. And that actually changed a lot. Um, so that, that was, a, I think, a big, 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 big help. And by April, I actually, so since April, I've been working four days a week officially with less pay. So that is uh, pretty nice. That's really nice, actually. And uh, I did talk to, I tried to talk to a few professionals. Uh, my my uh, general physician, he's, he 
there's a point where he can't help me anymore because he can't, you know, uh, give me a sick note for months. Uh, so he said I had to see a psychiatrist, which is uh, also reasonable because those are the the uh, doctors that uh, can prescribe um, antidepressants and actually know what they do, not like my general physician who just gave me the stuff because I told him to. Um, I like him. I like him a lot. And so I talked to, to a new uh, uh, psychiatrist here, and that was good. And then also at that point, something had clicked. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Usually what happens when I have a bad week, I one day I have to be patient, and then one morning I wake up and everything's fine again which is very weird. And this time it happened on a Sunday afternoon while reading a book about good habits. It's called Atomic Habits. I still have to finish it because it's very good. Um, and it may click. Two days later, I talked to the psychiatrist and then uh, everything was better already. And then, uh, yeah, I started that. I had that four-day week and that helped a lot. And I took some more of the antidepressants for a little while i don't know if that helped um so by now i'm i'm all good and i actually have a i do have a new job uh, lined up for september um but also then i was lucky there there was i had my first appointment to talk to them again or to have a day talking to the whole team there and uh, do some coding in march and i had to cancel that date because i was sick at home because i couldn't work And so that was that. I'm I'm not looking for any advice or therapy because I got that covered. Um, to to the audience, you can Nick, you can tell me whatever you want because um, uh, that's why I like talking to you. Um, but th there was it was an episode. It was the the beginning of this year, and so by now everything's fine i got that new job it's pretty great gonna talk about it uh, let's say when i started in september um but yeah that was a few months that were different than what i experienced for a long time i'm i'm glad that you're feeling better i of course i'm sorry you went through that Episodes like that are a part of dealing with depression. Sometimes the meds stop working. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes a bunch of things happen all at once. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you're better. I'm glad we're recording. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to be recording another episode. For the five people on Mastodon that enjoy, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We have, I think, we, we we are slowly accumulating more and more followers. When I show people still downloading this thing, I yeah. I know you should. This is the, I'm violating the first fundamental rule yeah. of radio, of broadcasting. I know I know this is podcasting. It's not technically broadcasting, but. One of the things that we were taught uh, at the college radio station that I worked at was never narrowcast. You always have to believe and think like you're speaking to every single person that can tune in and hear your voice, mm -hmm. which in our case was 
not that many people in Ann Arbor, but regardless, I, I we have to maintain the same perspective here. Although, obviously, I do, I do think about our our super fans that we're our, our close friends at this point. So, yeah. as I weave in and out of narrowcasting as opposed to broad podcasting, I mean, this, it's just been. I mean, yeah. And the funny thing is, you caught me at a. I think right now I'm in something that is very much like what you were in. I, I say very much like because I, I don't. I I have depressive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that I've never been. At least as far as I know, for all the shrinks that I've seen in my life, who knows that they've diagnosed me with I'd probably, but it, but I've never been clinically diagnosed with clinical depression, so that's a very big asterisk on what I have to say, but... Do you know the PHQ-9... Um... No, what is that? Is that a German uh, thing? No, it's not. It's an international. It's called the Pel- uh, Patient Health Questionnaire Nine. So PHQ Nine. That is, uh, oh. it's it's a questionnaire with I think seventeen questions, and it's. I do take that. I should I should know this, and I yeah. don't. I'm very happy that uh, you've revealed this to me. Um, I I do this as a self test from time to time. Especially because I never know what's happening, or am I really depressed, or am I just do I just have a bad day? And this helps me put things in perspective. Because usually, when I feel bad or I have a bad uh, episode, then there is something wrong. So I, and uh, or then I can say I'm more confident than I'm actually that I'm actually sick and not just lazy. Because that is always that is the the permanent conversation i have with myself because that is i mean uh, that's just yeah whatever uh, and i take this questionnaire uh, for myself and then uh, it puts things in perspective sometimes i'll give you the link it's here hopefully you can um open that uh well how many questions is it how, is it something that, that one could... two three four five six seven eight nine Let's just let's just go through it. Okay, why not? Are we going to violate any copyright, or is this? No, no, this no. This is official. Thing? No, 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 no. I'm I'm actually thinking about. I there's one of the projects I want to do is have this form, um, and have it make an app so I can record my answers, but completely anonymously. Anyways, uh, someday I'm going to do that. So I'm going to ask you. Okay, I'm going to ask you the questions. All right, cool. It's, it's in English this. anyways. All right? Oh, no, that's fine. Let, let, let you, wait, yeah, I am coming through still, right? Yeah, you are. Okay. okay, yeah, so, let's go for so, it. Let's so the, it. the answers uh, are always not at all, several days, more than half the days, nearly every day. So um, I'll, I'll repeat that. So over the last two weeks, how often have you been bothered by any of the following problems? Little interest or pleasure in doing things. Not at all. Several days of those two weeks, more than half the days, nearly every day. 
<sighs> okay, now I know exactly what questionnaire you're talking about, and I just didn't know it by its name. <sighs> we don't have to do this. The funny thing is, I don't think I've ever once told the truth on one of these on this, this questionnaire. I've never once. I mean, this not is this totally is... lied because if I was ever in a situation where somebody was would be asking me this question, uh, I... no. this is it's not it's not made for self diagnosis. So what we're doing no, it, here it, is it, not what it's for. No, I mean, uh, well, ob obviously not. But I had a very nice weekend. I had a really great, really amazing weekend. It's a retreat with uh, Burners Without Borders. And, and here's the thing. When I'm doing something, when I'm out in the field, when I'm engaged, I'm at my best, at my happiness. I, I might not be performing always at the top, but... That's really when I'm at my happiest. In in normal life, in normal everyday activities, I, I was doing really well during taxis. And I'll, I'll have to say that, that when we had a bunch of different, we'd have taxes roll in, we'd have, we'd be doing other things like that. Um, you know, when I'm in my element, when I'm actively helping somebody or actively doing something yeah. that I ha that, that has a purpose, that's the thing. Helping people maybe save a little bit of money on their taxes or helping people out of a situation or giving people some clarity or calming people down or, or helping. That's – I'm always going – the day that I do not take pleasure in helping – other people, no matter how frustrating they are. And that's the thing is that half of the people that you end up helping in your life, maybe not half, maybe that's a little bit too much, but a substantial number of the people that you help are, are not going to be very good at taking that, asking for that help or taking that help. And they're going to be very annoying to help. But that doesn't matter because you have to help them anyway. You have to get them as far along the solution path as you possibly can. The day I don't take enjoyment in that is the day I will commit myself to the loony bin. There are a lot of times when I'll go out and I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll know brand, the roastery, the roast profile, the ranch it was from, the time of year it was harvested, the roast batch date, the grind. I will know all of those things. And every step of the way of making that coffee is usually a very enjoyable thing for me. And there are some days when I go through the motions of it and I think, why bother? What's the point? It's just coffee. It's just caffeine. It's just because you have a chemical predisposition to this liquid that you need to get about your day 
to roll into your office so that you can wait for something to happen. And then there are times where, like what happened this weekend, usually I can cheer myself up. Usually I can find joy and meaning by searching really hard for it. And and I know all of this is a conscious decision. I I know that I have to decide to be happy. Nobody's going to make me happy. Nothing's going to make me happy. Now, that 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 there are inputs and there are actions and there are there just the general condition of existence. And I know what I'm predisposed to and I know what I'm not predisposed to. And I'm not predisposed to be a very happy person. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's why I help others. Maybe that's why I seek out opportunities to be of service. Maybe that's a component of that. So I go away and I have this weekend and it's it, – I didn't even really want to go. What happened was is that um, a friend of mine, a very, very old friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, wanted me to go to this event. And it, it's, it's, it was, it's a gathering. It was the Burners Without Borders Summit at Fly Ranch in the Black Rock Desert at Burning Man. And I haven't – yeah, they – of course, as we've chronicled before, they – maybe we didn't chronicle it with Burners Without Borders, but they supplied Brigada 23. And, and it, it was an event where I, I didn't know – nobody really knew – what was going to happen at this event. It was just gathering people that had all of these different experiences together at a property owned by Burning Man, not too far away from where they hold Burning Man in the desert. But it's a it's a grassy, it's a scrub grass um, area that's near a geyser. So there's water there. I, I wanted one... My friend had invited me out to this thing and he said, hey, let's go do LNT together. Let's go do Leave No Trace. He knew exactly how to get me to go. He knew that if there was a land stewardship element, he knew that I have just waist deep in doing things for the natural environment now. He knew that. He, he knew exactly how to get me to go because I don't want to get on a plane. Because every time I have to get on a plane, that means I got to plant trees, not just for me, but for all of the other plane trips that I, you know, I have to make sure that I'm not, that my carbon contribution to the planet is net negative, not net positive. And so getting on a plane, that's a big thing. That's a, that's a lot. And I've flown on a lot of planes in my life. I mean, it's another reason why I'm not going to the camp, why I'm going to sail the next time I go to Europe and you know, every every time I, I take these trips or I do these things, I make a very careful calculation of is it worth it or isn't it? And so in this case, my friend had tilted all of these things so that it it, it did. And it brought me back to an element that I haven't been in in a long time. 
where I'm the guy on the ground who fixes the problems to which solutions are not readily apparent. Pretty much everything in when it comes to taxes, like, oh, I didn't pay my taxes. All right, cool. Let's fill out the form, send it in, and then request a you know, payment plan. It's for basically any tax problem that comes up, there's some kind of solution. And we know what it is. And and they don't they, it's very rare that I will come across something that that I don't know about. To the point where if you describe if you talk to me two sentences, I know what the letter number from the IRS that you got was. Oh, eighty nine sixty two, okay, that's letter twelve C. You're gonna have to send in that and a ten ninety five A. Like I I just know this. You know, oh, you got a uh you got an 1198 e file rejection. Okay, well, that means you have to fix your 1116 because that was, you know, I, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to give you a quick story, so I, I roll up to the event at the scheduled time because I'm not going to show up early in case they're not ready for us. Um. And I, I get there, and we actually ended up hurrying a little bit more than I wanted to. And they say, hey, we need some rebar. And you basically rebar our gigantic tent stakes for really big tents. And normally when people at a burner event ask for rebar, they're looking for, you know, they're looking for two or three 200-centimeter sections, okay. basically. No, no, I'm sorry. They're looking for two or, uh, 20 centimeters. I, I – they're looking for two or three 20 centimeter long pieces. Okay. Yeah, I misspoke there. I'm sorry. They wanted 20, 20 centimeter sections of the thickest of a, of a very large gauge. And I'm like, oh, all right. Now they tried to get them from Reno. Which is your ultimate thing. That's the next major city where you can acquire various different things like that. But everybody had already left for Reno. Everybody's already en route. So I'm like, all right, cool. This this is a problem that doesn't have an immediate solution. So I drive back into Gerlock and I go to the bar and I'm just sitting there. I, I had meant to go back to the bar to meet up with some friends for lunch, the, the one Bruno's in Gerlock. And I'm sitting there kind of loudly and theatrically explaining my problem, performing a little bit for the other people at the bar, knowing that there's probably somebody at the bar that's got two sticks. Uh, those are the long 10-foot um, sections or uh, like three-meter long sections. And um, we know that you like to perform. Yes, we, we know that you, you are very well aware of that. I, I do a lot less performing now. I have to really be because I don't. I can't perform here. Here I'm my father's son. You know, here I'm. An, I'm a local accountant. I'm just a small town local accountant. My father's a very big personality in this town, and they drop my name, and it's pretty much there's only two fars. There's a lawyer and and a doctor, and they're both retired, and the lawyer's dead. So I'm the doctor's son. That's that's what it is. That's what I signed up for when I came here. I knew that. Um, so you're in the bar. So I'm in the bar, and guy who later introduced himself as Farmer John is like, "I got, I got two sticks. Wait right here." He runs out, 
just runs out of the bar, walks out of the bar. I'm like, okay. And then he comes back maybe 10 minutes later through the back door from the bar. And he's like, come out here. He's like, oh, hey, here are your two sticks. How are you going to get them out there? And I said, I don't know. What, how, how are we going to get these two sticks out here? And then I have to also tell you one thing. There's a guy, Willie. He runs Gerlock. And Farmer John is like, oh, I know somebody who can cut him. And this guy walks into the bar and he's like, yeah, go talk to that guy. And so I run over and I say, hey, uh, could you cut some rebar for me? I'm doing a Burners Without Borders thing. Like, he says, do you need it done right now? And I said, no, no, I, I can wait a couple hours because I could. There wasn't really much of an alternative. And he said, all right, cool. I'll get back to you later. That was Willie. That was a guy I had been doing business with for the better part of a decade and I had never actually met. He sold the container that I fell off of when I broke my back. He stored trailers for me. He moved stuff on Playa for me. Basically, any time I needed something, and sometimes when he needed me, oddly enough, I'd be there for him. Never actually physically met the man until that moment. He had no idea who I was, and I had no idea who he was. And I asked Farmer John, who is that guy? He's like, that's Willie. I was like, that's Willie? Long story short, we, you know, we're sitting around the bar and basically what happens is Farmer John says, hey, you know, you can, uh, do you know where Willie's shop is? And I just actually happened to know where Willie's shop was. Um, so I just take the rebar, walk it over to his shop. His doors, the doors to, a Quonset, to his Quonset hut shot are wide open. And then there's a chop saw right there. I get to work, chop up the, uh, chop up the little bits walk back to my car, wait for them to cool, pound them in the dust, walk back into the camp. And then I'd been gone for, I think, 90 minutes. Not even that long. And here's this guy. And this is a, this is a classic. This is a, such a classic brand moment for me. Random guy who people may or may not have heard of is asked for, you know, and I just asked, do you guys need anything? I was like, hey, do you have any rebar? And they asked me that question thinking that I, not thinking that I would be able to, to help them out with this. And then I show up 90 minutes later with a bunch of rebar and they're like, what? <laughs> Who are you? Excuse me? It was a problem with no clear solution and somehow I stumbled into a solution and I love doing that. That's mm -hmm. me and my element. And I proceeded to do that for basically the rest of the weekend. Now, did had I anticipated a lot of different things? Yes. Did I prepare a lot for this weekend? Yes. Did I over-resource for this weekend? Yes. Was I definitely prepared not only to do the things that I promised them I would do, but a lot more so that the event was a success and that everything ran well? Yes. Part theatrical, part logistical. And, and eventually, you know, it didn't it 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 took a morning eventually for people to just start asking me to do things. And then I was the responsible guy. Now, granted, a lot of the people at this conference, they're normally the responsible person so that they can recognize who good people are. And they're like, okay, well, if he's taking care of it, then I don't have to take care of it. And so they could have a vacation. And that was fine. I also had some really great, I had two really great conversations that I don't normally get to have. I don't, I can't really talk to people here. No, I try, but it's. With here, you mean uh, Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, yeah. 
And I don't mean that to disparage anybody here. People here have a different focus to their lives. The people who thrive and succeed here are the people who are are good at moving along a prescribed path. You go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a career, you go to work in that career, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you do all these things. I I, I don't know. I, I always I knew that I was programmed to do that, and a lot of my life has been a constant tension between doing what I thought was better for humanity, doing what I thought was better for the planet, doing what I thought was better for my friends, for my people, for my tribe, for whoever. And yeah, I guess I just never, never made it to that. And so here I am. There's one person that I really, really, really amazingly connected with. And I think... There would be much more joy in my life if I could talk to that person much more regularly. But at the same time, I admit this is a magical weekend where everybody was out of their element and nobody knew what to expect. And sometimes somebody that you think is somebody that – I mean, I I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like I want to reach out, I want to go recreate, I want to go keep in contact, and I want to keep talking, but at the same time, people go back to their own lives and their own things, and you don't want to give the wrong impression. I, I burn people out, I know that I burn people out. And what do you mean by that? Burning out people. I mean, when I connect with somebody, and and for us it's different. I mean, we live on now. We live on different continents, and in Mexico, I wasn't doing this. In Mexico, we were much more. Did, oh, like the the other thing that I didn't even mention is that this was really my first. My unrealistic expectation going into this weekend was that I'd be able to talk disaster recovery with people, and that I'd be able to process a lot of the things from the earthquake, and. And talk – there's a lot of things that happen in that time. I mean I, I have my cheerful, happy little stories that I tell people and they say, oh, what was the earthquake like? Oh, did it, oh well, hey, here's this dumb thing that I did and blah, 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 blah. And then I have the more serious stories where you know, I'll say, well, what was the most important thing you did? Well, it was you know, picking up a phone, telling people no. Blah, 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 blah. And then there's stories that I I want to forget. Stories that I have forgotten and stories I don't want to talk to around other people that don't have the same experience. I don't even want to break, I don't even want to give, give them breath into the world if I'm going to be giving them to people like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That sounds so awful. Oh my God, that's such a sad story. And I, I don't mean to disparage the sympathy of others. I I think that kind of empathy is real. But there are certain kinds of stories that you tell around certain kinds of people where you just want to nod. 
You just want to hear somebody say, yeah, I know. I know. Yes. I, I know what you mean. And exactly. This is, I mean, what I told in the beginning of this episode, I'm telling this to you. Well, I've told part of it to you already. And I'm telling it to, to some of our, our, our friends who, who listen to this. Um, I don't want to, I'm not going to put this out there and, Yeah, talking to people who don't, who haven't experienced something like that, uh, um, and uh, maybe depression or a disaster or whatever, um, they can't understand, and that's okay. <laughs> But so I just want to say I understand. It's not what okay. You it's preferential. I hope yeah. nobody. I I don't want anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's better. It's better to to be oblivious. Uh, Uh, most of the time. Um. So basically by burning out people, there's there's people who I will connect with on a... on just a very odd, intimate level. And it, it can only really happen when you're vulnerable. A little bit. And then you go back to your regular world and I think we both went back to our regular worlds and... I'm guessing, you know, you, you reach out a little bit, but you don't want to, you don't want to push the issue. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, I don't want to burn, I don't want to burn anybody out. You know, if I, if I happen to be in their city at some point, I'll look them up. I'll, I'll wait for, if they ever email me, I'll take that as an opportunity, but that you don't. And that's the other thing. And I've had this, this has gone both ways for me where I'll have just been kind of hanging out and being like, oh, hey, you know, hey, you're a cool person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, the connection will not have been as meaningful for me as it was the other person. And then it will be incredibly meaningful for the other person. And when they communicate that to you and they say, oh, it's profound. Like I, I had a really super amazingly deep connection with you and I was just being polite. I was just being a, you know, a, trying to be a good, good human, trying to let you get through or go through what you were going through. And you have to honor that. And that's an obligation. And I don't want to obligate anybody to that. Because those obligations are hard when somebody connects with you much more strongly than you connect with them. And when you have such a short shared experience together, like you, you and I, we've – how long have we been recording this podcast at this point? Uh, two years? Not even. Yeah, year exactly. And a, I mean, year and a half. And, right. uh, and this is true. We have talked on air more than we have talked off air. I'm not yeah, well, even so sure maybe, about that. Maybe not after last I, Congress. I, I think But in Mexico, it was true. Well, but but here's the thing is that, I mean, I we do have a shared trust and a shared history at this point. And mm -hmm. the weird thing is, is that part of our shared trust and history is also very performative and that we are both in the modes of thinking about producing a product, which is this podcast. And of course, we're both human. We're both empathetic. We both feel and we both no one are there for each other we're friends we're very we're close friends 
at this point? Do we live very close together? No, even when we lived in the same city, we didn't even live that close together. We had, you know, you had your wife, you had your obligations. I had my stuff going on. We weren't in this. And we came together kind of randomly through, you know, a lot of our mutual shared connections. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what, what more to add to that, but I enjoyed meeting this person. It was a very, I, I don't know what's going to happen at this point with that. So I think unless I, unless I somehow happen to find myself in their city, uh, I'm just gonna just gonna wait for them to reach out, cause. And then there's this whole other thing about uh, there's this whole other thing that uh, coming out of the weekend of we have to do something about this long crisis, this long disaster, this forever disaster, this thing that I've been preparing for since I came here, and that one of the reasons I came here was to start preparing for it. Um, Are you referring to to uh, the world and climate? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, because I, I thought we could talk about that another time. Okay, uh, yeah, we'll, to, we'll we'll talk about that. You're, you're right. We we should. Oh, how are we? Yeah, yeah. We, we've been recording for. Should we start wrapping this up for an hour? Yes, we should wrap this up with something positive or not. Actually, I don't care. It doesn't have to be positive. But yeah, we should uh, wrap this up um, because I have to go to bed. Because even though I only work four days a week now, uh, I still have to go to bed and get up early and um, commute to my work. And um, it's better to do that when I. That's that's one thing. But there's there's a form of therapy where you get sleep deprivated, and that will better your depression. I well, this wouldn't work for me because I know when I don't get enough sleep, I uh, don't feel well, and it's worse than just feeling. So I I get depressed when I don't sleep enough, which means I get depressed when I drink too much alcohol because then you don't sleep enough and not sleep well, which is bad because I like drinking alcohol. So that's a positive note. Um. Another positive note is I finally know how to use this recording software. Uh, at least I think so, and so it's not going to be. It's not. Note. It's not going to be now. Seriously, this is. It's not going to be that big of a mental burden to start editing this and put this out there. Are you going to put a picture of the uh, of the setup on on Mastodon? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, you should do that. Also, you should probably give. Well, actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have all the links. And now you have to edit the episode. Yeah, I have to edit the episodes. You're gonna do the show notes. Yeah, just like we did. Just like, just like old times, old times. <laughs> right. Um, well, it's. Oh, and also, yeah. I am going to Chile on uh, Wednesday. I have to take care of a passport issue. With me and my parents, we all have to renew our passports. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we could do a we could do an episode live from Latin America. That would be uh, pretty nice. I'll, I'll I'll take my recorder. We could, yeah yeah you do that. I could I could collect some good sounds. I could get some good sounds for yeah. you. 
Yeah, let's do that. Let's do a Little America episode. That's uh, uh, well, I, Ch- I, Chilean, Chilean episode. It's Chilean. Southern Cone. Is it's, okay. it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's gonna... a happy note. There's there's the happy note that we were looking for. The yes. next episode of Several Ways to Live coming soon, live from Santiago, Chile. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good trip. There you go. And we talk again. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, sleep well. You too. Bye.